Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Good morning, everybody. This is Jennifer LeClaire, Senior Leader of the Awakening House of Prayer Global Movement. This is Mornings with the Holy Spirit, pressing in daily to the power and presence of God. And I'm so glad that you joined me. All my Ignite Network members, God bless you. The Awakening Prayer Hubs family, God bless you. Thank you for being here. We have a church in South Florida. Let me tell you about that in 10 seconds. It's powerful. Holy Ghost moves, rocks people's worlds, delivers people from demons, heals people's bodies and souls. Salvation, it's all wrapped up into the package of the Holy Ghost. He brings all this forth. Awakening House of Prayer, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. If you're in the region, I hope to see you. 1047 a.m., 1.30 p.m. Listen, the first service, guys, you can watch that online. I know not everybody can move to South Florida, but some of you should. But if you can't, watch the first service online, ahop.online. You can watch it. You can watch the replay for a few days afterward before it goes into my teaching archives. If you're a web church member, you can tap into all of the AHOP dot online teaching archives. There's lots of stuff there. It's good stuff because it's the word of God. Amen. God is good. The second service is School of the Spirit at AHOP. That means we're going deeper into the things of God. There are long series on issues like the watchman, issues like the gifts of the spirit, issues like the remnant. We've been pressing into that for a while. It's been a thrill to go deeper and equip you Come on over. If you're not in South Florida, you've got to go to schoolofthespirit.tv to tap into those schools. Schoolofthespirit.tv to tap into those schools. The next one coming up in about three weeks is activating the nine gifts of the spirit. Make sure you use your, your code mornings. That's my present, my gift, my blessing for you for being with me in the morning hours. Amen. Today's devotion I'm reading, listen, from evenings with the Holy Spirit listening daily to the still small voice of God evening. So this is not mornings. This is evenings. We've got a few devotionals. The Lord gave me and today's devotion is titled. Listen, listen, don't linger on disappointments. Don't linger on disappointments. And here's what I heard the Lord say. 
Disappointments are bound to come, and they will go. They will fade away unless you linger on them. Life is full of situations, circumstances, and events that don't go the way you hoped. But if you decide to trust me with your disappointments instead of dwelling on them, then you will gain strength and perspective that will help you move forward with confidence that I am working it all together for good. Trust me, I'm on your side, says the Lord. Come on, that's a good word. I know many of you can resonate with that this morning. Don't linger on the disappointments. Linger in the presence of God. Remember that when you begin to feel discouraged, when you begin to feel like nothing is going right, everything that can go wrong is going wrong. Remember, don't linger on that. Linger in the presence of God. He'll show you the root of the warfare. He'll show you the root of the trial. He'll show you what you need to do to respond in victory. Today's scripture references Romans 8, 28, Genesis 50, 20, and Psalm 112, verse 7. Now the prayer starter for today, I've lived long enough to know this, yet disappointment still stings. Still, I know that Father really is working everything for good because I love him and have called according to his purpose. Please, Lord, help me stand on that promise. Father, we thank you this morning that your goodness permeates our soul. The revelation of your goodness, God, let it permeate our soul because you are good. And there's so many things going on in the world around us that are not good, that are not great, that are not exciting. There's so many things going on in the world around us and sometimes not just the world around us, but the world in us. Thoughts that are not good, they're not great. They're not victorious. Thoughts of defeat, thoughts that bring us down, vain imaginations that try to take us down for the count. Father, would you help us today? Because you are our helper and you're the perfect helper. You're a very present help in time of need. You're always there when we need you. Always there, always there, always there, always as close as we want you to be in any given moment. Would you help us, Lord, to take authority over disappointment. <laughs> Help us, Lord, that voice of disappointment that tries to continue to bring us to the past, to cause us to be stuck somewhere that no longer exists except in our mind. Would you help us, Lord, to overcome that wave of disappointment that, 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 that plagues us when something didn't work out the way we'd hoped. We didn't get that promotion at work. We didn't have the, the reception that we hoped for. They wouldn't receive our prophetic word. We didn't get picked for the whatever team. Oh, Jesus, would you help us, Lord? Because you're not a God who disappoints. <laughs> I see that, Lord. Listen. The Lord would say to you today that the disappointment was a setup for something better. So begin to look at this through my eyes, says the Lord, for I did not mean for you to be disappointed. I meant for you to discern by my spirit that the door that you were standing in front of was not the right door. And had I allowed you to go through that door, says the Lord, you would have experienced even greater disappointment than when you are suffering now because you would have uh, encountered warfare and you would have encountered trial and you would have encountered betrayal and you would have even encountered stagnancy 
because I did not lead you to that door or through that door, but you led yourself. Other people encouraged you. And then suddenly you found yourself discouraged and disappointment. It was not my intent to leave you in a, in a, in a sad state, says the Lord, but it was my intent to protect you from what you are about to walk into. For I have something better for you, says the Lord. I have for you a future and a hope. So don't allow yourself to be disappointed about the closed door, about the opportunity that passed you by. Do not allow yourself to be disappointed for I am calling you to look to me, to sit with me, to hear my voice and you will begin to understand my plans and my purposes for this season. And you will find that there's a thrill right ahead. There's an adventure in me. I am leading you and guiding you to the right door and to the right opportunity. And when you look back on this season where you've experienced the disappointment, the Lord says you will be grateful and you will be ecstatic and you will be overjoyed because you will see how my hand was at work in your life, says the Lord. Come on, 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 come on. God doesn't want you to be disappointed. He's not trying to keep something good back from you. He's trying to reappoint you to the right status, to the right station, to the right door. Oh, we didn't understand. We didn't understand that the Lord was trying to protect us. That's why that person didn't connect with us because it would have been bad for us. That's why that person rejected us. It was because it wasn't good for us. That's why that person persecuted us early on because that God wanted us to see who they really were. Father, thank you for your mercy. Come on. Thank you for your mercy. Come on. Thank you for your mercy, God, that you did not allow us to walk through the wrong door, that you did not allow us to connect with the wrong person because our heart is set on you because we acknowledge you in all of our ways. You really did order our steps. You really did cause us to, to, to be rescued. You rescued us from, from peril. You rescued us from bad relationships. You rescued us from taking the wrong job. You rescued us from something that was less than your best. You rescued us. You prevented something in our lives that we thought we wanted. But if we'd have known what was on the other side of the door, we would not have really wanted it after all. So we don't want anything but what you want for us, God. That is our pledge. That is our commitment. That is our heart's cry. We do not want anything that you do not want us to have. We do not want it if it's not right for us. We don't want the good thing to replace the God thing. And then suddenly the good thing becomes a bad thing because it was never a God thing, but it looked like a good thing. And for a little while it was a good thing, but then the enemy manifested in the good thing because it was never a God thing. Oh, Jesus, would you help us to stay in sync with your spirit? Would you help us to stay in congruency with your heart? Lord, we don't want anything you don't want us to have as much as we think we want it. As much as we think we want it. As much as we think we need it. As much as we think we can't be happy without it. As much as we think we can't live without it. We don't want anything that you don't want us to have. God, we want you, we ask you, we invite you, we petition you, put your desires in our heart, God. Put our desires 
Put your desires in our heart. We want to want what you want for us. Father, we want to want what you want for us. Come on. We want to want what you want for us. Nothing more, nothing less. We want everything Jesus died to give us. We want healing for our bodies. We want deliverance for our souls. We want divine connections. We want all that. But God, we don't want to step into something that we think is God. And it's not God. It's not really even good. It's a deception that it's even good. It looks good on the surface. It sounds right. It even feels right. But that's because of some unfulfilled need in us that we need to let you fill. So Father, we're asking you right now in Jesus' name. Lord, those unfulfilled needs, they don't need to be unfulfilled. You want to fulfill all of our needs. You provide for all of our needs according to your riches and glory in Christ. It's not just money that you provide. It's fellowship that you provide. It's healing for our wounds that you provide. It's encouragement by your spirit that you provide. It's vindication that you provide. It's justice that you provide. All of these things that we feel are missing in our life, they need not be missing because you are the source of everything we could ever want, dream, or hope for. So Father, help us to see that you are the source of all that you will fill and fulfill what we what we see and deem as unmet needs you'll give us whatever we need whenever we need it all we have to do is ask so we're asking we're asking we are asking we are petitioning you we are making supplication to you we acknowledge you as the source of everything we need you are the all-sufficient God but we are not all-sufficient you are the all-sufficient God. You don't need anything. We are not all-sufficient. So we cry out to the all-sufficient God. We cry out to the one who knows what we need. God, sometimes we think we know what we need, but we don't really know what we need. Sometimes we're not accurate in understanding what we really need. Sometimes we think that person will make us happy when really you're the only person that can make us happy. Sometimes we think that job will give us satisfaction and that job turns out to be a stress ball. Sometimes we think, that, you know, if we just had this or if we just had that, if I had a, a new house or a, or a new car or, or a new friend, I would be content. I would be satisfied. Paul said, I've learned the secret of being satisfied. Paul, the apostle, he said it. He said it in Philippians. I've learned the secret. To being, to being satisfied. Gosh, gosh, what a revelation. He said, I've learned the secret to be satisfied, whether I've got a little or whether I've got a lot, whether I'm starving and naked and being beaten down, bloodied, bruised, stoned, persecuted. He said, I've learned how to be content in that. And I've learned how to be content when I'm abounding, when everybody loves my sermon, when I'm winning souls, when I'm casting devils out of the girl at Thyatira. He said, I've learned how to be content, whether I'm abased or whether I'm abounding. And then he shares the secret. How many of you want to know the secret? It's right there in the word. He shares the secret. He says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through the all-sufficient God. I, my strength is made, my, his strength is made perfect in my weakness. He is the God who gives me all that I need when I need it. He's never late. He's always on time. So, Father, would you help us because we are living in an age of discontent. 
We are living in an age of discontent. We are living in a time and a season where people are just not satisfied. They're not content. They want more, 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 more. Even in the church, people just are not content with your presence alone. And that is the most important thing. The most important gift you could ever give us is your presence You gave us your Holy Spirit already. You gave us your son. He died on a cross to pay the price for our sins. He was raised again on the third day. He's seated at the heavenly, at the right hand of the Father, ever making intercession. What gifts you've given us. You've given us the gifts of the Spirit. You've given us the blood. You've given us the name. You've given us the word. You share with us your thoughts, your ways through the pages of Scripture. You've given us your armor. You've given us your weapons. What more could you give us? What is the greatest gift beyond what you've already shared? I say, it's your presence. It's that manifest presence. It's that tangible presence, the realization of your glory. So, Father, we're asking you for that. Help us to walk around in our daily life with the revelation that Christ in us is the hope of glory. That your presence is in us, not just around us. You live, you dwell, you've made your tabernacle in us. You dwell, your abode, you live in us and you are all around us. You're omnipresent, but give us that revelation that the all sufficient one lives in us. Therefore, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We don't have to fall into deception. We don't have to fall into disappointment. We don't have to fall into discouragement. We don't have to fall into depression. We don't have to fall into any of these things. We just have to fall into your loving arms and you will inspire us. You will encourage us. You will exhort us. You will make it all right. You'll make the crooked places straight. Oh, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. You are the living God. You're alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. He's alive in us. Help us, Lord, to be good witnesses to the living Christ who dwells in us. Faithful witnesses. We fall into your arms. We fall at your mercy. We fall on your wisdom. We love you, God. We thank you. There's no other God like you. No other God mighty to save, mighty to heal, mighty to deliver. We love you, God. We, we, we just, we just love you. God, give us an anointing to love you more. Give us that unction to worship you in the midst of the warfare. Give us that, 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 that steadiness to continue renewing our mind with the word in the midst of the trial. Father, help us, Lord. We want to be found faithful. 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 Jesus said, when I return, will I found, will I find faith in the earth? We say, yes, Lord, we put our faith in you. We put our faith in you and you alone. We want to be found faithful because you're faithful. We know that even when we're not faithful, you're faithful. We don't want to use that as an excuse. We don't want to use that as a, well, you know, you know, God's going to be faithful no matter what. That's not, that's not our heart. We want to be as faithful to you as you are to us. And even though we know that we'll never attain to that because of our flesh, because of our unrenewed minds, That is our heart posture. That is our positioning. We want to be a hundredfold obedient to you. We know we'll never do it all right, but that is our heart. We want to do it all right. You called us friends. You said you'll obey my commandments if you're my friends. And you knew we'd mess up. You knew we'd miss it. You knew that we would never get it all right. And you chose us anyway. You chose us anyway. 
You chose us. You picked us. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We give you praise and honor and glory. We give you praise and honor and glory. We give you praise and honor and glory. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Jesus, Jesus, we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Come on, let's shift gears now that we have exalted Christ, now that we have pledged our, not just our allegiance to him, but our dependence on him. Let's shift gears and go higher. Let's deal with the enemy of our soul. Well, here we see in Isaiah 9, 12, we're going to pray, but I got to give you the foundation. I want you to see this. I don't just make up this stuff. I am I'm praying with you every day out of scripture. The Syrians from the east and the Philistines from the west will bear their fangs. Listen to this. The Syrians from the east and the Philistines from the west will bear their fangs and devour Israel. My God, sounds like the lion that's roaming about, roaring, looking for someone to devour, doesn't it? You see the, the illustration there? The Syrians from the east and the Philistines from the west will bear their fangs and devour Israel. Maybe that's how you felt in this season, that the enemy is just trying to devour you, that he's bearing his fangs. It's like scary. When you look at the enemy for too long, you will get afraid. If you keep staring at him instead of looking at your God, you will get afraid. You want to look at the enemy long enough to speak to him and tell him to go, to tell him what the word of God says. You don't want to meditate on him because it will scare you. That's what happened with the Israelites in the wilderness. And they went to spy out the land of Jericho and they came back, 10 of them with an evil report. They said, we, we can't, we, 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 no, 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 they're too big. We can't do this. They became like grasshoppers. The enemy really is seeking to devour. He really does have these, these fangs. He's not a toothless lion. Like some people want to, you know, some people who don't believe in spiritual, well, he's a toothless lion. He's not, he's a, well, first of all, he doesn't have any teeth at all. He's a spirit. But if, but, 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 but in, in reality, he does devour. Now look at this. The Syrians from the East and the Philistines from the West will bear their fangs and devour Israel. But that's the key word. That's called a conjunction. Conjunction Junction, what's your function, right? The Syrians from the east and the Philistines from the west will bear their fangs and devour Israel, but, but even the Lord's anger will not be satisfied. His fist is still poised to strike. Now, in this context, the Lord was standing against Israel, but see, we are in covenant with God, so we can understand this in a different way. Essentially, when the enemy comes in seeking to devour you, when you keep your eyes on him, his fist is poised to strike your enemy. God is not striking down believers in the New Testament. He's not. He's not striking us down. He is not against us. Paul said, I'm convinced that neither principalities, nor powers, nor, nor, nor dominions, nor a nakedness, nor peril, nor sword, nor any such thing will separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And if you don't believe me, look at this here in, in Isaiah nineteen sixteen. Then we're going to pray. Isaiah nineteen sixteen. In that day, the Egyptians will be as weak as women. Listen, they will cower in fear 
beneath the upraised fist of the Lord of heaven's armies. That's a picture of the Lord raising his fist at the enemy. So, Father, we thank you that the battle really is yours. The battle really does belong to you. And you have called us to fight. You have called us to wield the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but mighty in God, to the pulling down of strongholds. You have called us to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. You have called us to armor up for the battle. There's no doubt about that. We are not trying to get out of the fight. We want in. But Father, we thank you. We thank you that although the enemy's fangs are threatening us, that he's bared his fangs toward us, he will cower in fear beneath the upraised fist of the Lord of heaven's armies. Your fist is poised to strike. Your fist is poised to strike and your arm is not too short that you can't reach down and deliver us from the fangs of the enemy. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. So father, I thank you that you've given us authority on the earth, but how grateful we are, how grateful we are. Oh God, how grateful we are that your fist is poised to strike the enemy, that you do amazing things as we obey your word. You do spectacular supernatural things in response to our natural actions. You do things in sovereignty just based on your promises toward us. Even if we have not prayed that promise, there are times in your sovereignty where you will come in and send confusion into the enemy's camp when we didn't even ask you to do it. It's just your way to guard and protect. And when we show ourselves ready to fight, when we show ourselves willing to go to war, Supernaturally, you cause events to happen even in the earth realm to demonstrate how mighty you are. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Just like when Jonathan was going up against the Philistines and he said, well, if, if, if they say come up here and fight, we'll go up and we'll fight against them. And if they say go away, we'll run away. And the Philistines said to Jonathan, come up here and fight. And he fought and fought and fought and they killed about 20 men. And after they did that, a great earthquake struck the land and panic came into the camp of the Philistines. When we take action in the natural to go after the enemy at the leadership of the Lord, inspired by him to fight. He creates additional warfare that we didn't even pray for. <laughs> I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Jo Josh, uh, 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 Jonathan did not ask the Lord to bring an earthquake. Uh, Jonathan did not decree confusion into the enemy's camp. Jonathan did not ask the Lord to slaughter all the enemies. He just said, we're going to know the Lord's with us. We're going to go in there and fight. They only killed 20 men. There was thousands of them. And the Lord did the rest. Jonathan went in with the first fruits. Pop, pop, pop. He showed he was willing to fight. He showed that he was courageous. And then the, uh, the Lord with his clenched fist struck the enemy. Can you imagine? That's amazing. So father, how grateful we are that when you lead us into battle, you lead us into triumph and you really do have our back. You really do add fuel to the fire that we start. You really do finish the job that we begin to engage in. Just like when David slung his stone it was the hand of God on that stone. That stone wouldn't have knocked out that big boy. 
that stone David slung, he didn't have the natural strength to hit the fling that thing hard enough, a little, a little rock, get a knock out a giant. Nah, it was the Lord backing up David as David stepped to the battle line led by the Holy Spirit. He had confidence and courage and all of a sudden what he had in his hand became a tool of war for the Lord. I'm telling you what, this is why you don't need to be afraid because when you go forth at the leadership of the Lord, he will back you up in supernatural ways that you didn't even ask him for. Like you wouldn't have even known that. <laughs> David didn't pray, Lord, let my little rock just knock him over. He just knew God was going to do it. So we, Father, we thank you today. We thank you. We give you praise and honor and glory. We magnify you because your clenched fist is poised to strike the enemy. Even when we don't know how to pray, even when we don't know what to ask, even when we don't know which way to turn, all we have to do is be willing to fight. We just have to be willing. And sometimes we don't even have to fight. Sometimes we just have to praise. Sometimes we don't even have to fight. We just have to be willing to fight. So, Lord, make us willing in the day of your power and help us to understand your power because you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. We are enforcing your will in the earth. It's not even really about us. We take it so personally sometimes. Oh, the enemy is attacking me. Oh, the enemy is attacking me. Oh, the enemy is attacking. No, the enemy is attacking the purpose of the Lord. He doesn't care about you. The enemy is attacking the will of God. The enemy is attacking the glory of God. The enemy is attacking God's purpose and plan in the earth. You're just the carrier of it. So, Father, help us to remember that. Help us to remember that. Help us to remember that. We've got to be willing to fight. But you will come in. <laughs> and you will do things that we never even imagined were possible to bring us the victory. Because the battle really is yours. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, did you get that today? Did you get that today? Sometimes in the Old Testament, the fist of God was against Israel because of their sin. God's fist is not against us now. It's only against our enemies. I wanted to show you both sides of that. Because when the enemy bears his fangs at us, we can be sure that God's fist is poised to strike. He is going to deal with it. But we have to do our part. This is what many people don't understand in spiritual warfare. Well, some people have this extreme spiritual warfare theology that says, well, we don't have to do anything, bless God. Jesus already did it all. Well, Jesus did it, but then he said, occupy till I come. And then Paul taught about the warfare, the armor. He wrestled the beast at Ephesus. He talked about vain imaginations. Hey, the warfare is real. And I'm just concerned about some people in the body of Christ who, I mean, I'm really concerned. I'm not picking. I'm like really concerned that they've been taught that all we ever have to do is just worship God and we won't have any warfare. That's just not true. That is one way to deal with warfare. But David didn't go to the battle line at the Valley of Engedi and bow down and worship the Lord to get Goliath to fall. He picked up a sling and a stone, the weapon that he was used to wielding and God backed him up as he ran to the battle line with courage. James 4, 7 says, submit yourself to God, resist the devil, and he will flee. I submit to you that if, you've not if you're not resisting the enemy, you are not submitted to God. And worship is only one. I believe in worship as warfare, but dear God, if that's, the, if that, that's, that's not 
the only weapon we have. What about the sword of the spirit? What about the name of Jesus? What about the blood? Amen. Some of you really, really need to get equipped for spiritual warfare. I want you to, to consider going over there and taking the school of spiritual warfare. We're on our third year now. You can take individual classes that actually um, uh, inspire you. But some of you just, you need foundation. You need to go back. You, you, some of you have never been taught anything. You've heard stuff. You've heard me pray. You've heard others pray. You've heard a few Facebook lives, but you've never been taught spiritual warfare. Line upon line, precept upon precept, from the bottom to the top. Year three, we're getting to a, into a lot more advanced topics in year three. But year one, year two is there for you, and you can subscribe to that. Just have one lesson delivered to you every month so that you can thoroughly get that lesson in your heart before you move on to something else. Check it out, schoolofthespirit.tv slash warfare school. Schoolofthespirit.tv slash warfare school. And there's a lot of other stuff over there for you as well. There's tactical warfare. There's a, a school of deliverance. Will the real Jezebel please stand up? Deliver your children from evil, drowning marine demons. There's a lot of spiritual warfare training over there. Why? why? Well, why, Jennifer? Why do you teach so much on spiritual warfare? Because somebody has to. And a lot of the, the late greats that used to teach on these things, well, they're late and great. They've gone on to be with the Lord. Lester Summerall used to teach on it. Derek Prince used to teach on it. If you go to Amazon, you'll see relatively few books on spiritual warfare compared to prophecy. Everybody wants to learn how to prophesy. And fewer people seem to learn want to learn how to war. But if you don't know how to fight the devil, you just better stay out of that realm of prophecy because you're going to get a lot of warfare. You start entering into that. You're going to get a lot of, you start entering into prayer and prophecy, you're going to get warfare. You better know how to fight. Go over there and consider doing that, signing up for that, or finding the classes in it that you need. School of Spiritual, School of the Spirit.tv slash Warfare School. And uh, there's lots of other stuff over there for you as well. Maybe you're an expert warrior. Maybe you need to learn more about the prophetic. That's what the Elijah Company Intensive is for, training for prophets at globalpropheticcenter.com. If you want to sow today, you can do that at jenniferleclair.org slash donate. You can use the cash app. Cash app is dollar sign. I am Jennifer LeClaire. You can use the text to give. The text to give is 754-701-2161. Text the word pray. You can use the Venmo. Venmo is at Jennifer LeClaire. You can use the Venmo. You can use the PayPal. PayPal is paypal.me slash Jennifer LeClaire. You can use the PO box, PO box 30563, Fort Lauderdale, Florida 33303. And remember, the Enemy Exposed is an Enemy Defeated t-shirt. You're going to want to get that because we're going to put an order in pretty soon. And if we don't have your size after that, we're not ordering anymore. So if you don't order it and you need an extra, extra large, or you need a small and you haven't pre-ordered it. After I make the order, I'm not. I, you have to order them in such large quantities. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seers ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, 
and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online, hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.